Please turn in your New Testaments now to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus said before this text, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. Imagine as his disciples heard this, what they thought. Though we realized they didn't really understand. Jesus said of himself, He, the Son of Man, will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will arise again. And Jesus' face, we learn, was turned like a flint to Jerusalem, to the cross, to the agony, to the victory. But on the way... He's going to make a detour because that road is going to lead through through a town called Jericho. And the reason Jesus is going to go through Jericho is he is going to reach out to somebody that nobody else will. And when this person is reached by the Son of God, there will be an incredible party of grace. Grace is the party that you don't want other people to miss. So let's read our text. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was, as, and was passing through, and a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now, I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He is reaching out to the most hated man in town. Uh, We know him from children's Sunday school as the wee little man. But I think we need to rewind the tape to what happened just before Jesus went into Jericho, where Jesus had a a discussion because a a young man who was a churchgoer, kind of a, a pillar in the church type of person, we... We know him now as the rich young ruler came to Jesus and began to talk about what it meant to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And and this young man was very pious and, and he even had the audacity to say that he was able to fulfill all the law of God. And he, and he just kind of did that in his life. And Jesus basically said, oh yeah, well you, you failed commandment number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Because this man walked away sad 
because he was wealthy and he worshipped his money rather than God. And, and as he walked away, Jesus said, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they looked and they saw who that man was and, and what a pillar of the church is. And, and they asked Jesus, then who can be saved? And Jesus answered, with God, all things are possible. And now he is proving it in Jericho. His name was Zacchaeus. He was the most hated man in town. He was the chief of all the tax collectors in that region. Now Zacchaeus had heard that, that this one that many claimed was the Messiah actually was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I'm sure that he had heard and was curious about the fact that one of Jesus' own apostles that he called used to be a tax collector, Levi now called Matthew. And there's something going on in the heart of Zacchaeus. And there's something prompting Zacchaeus to want to see Jesus. And when nobody expected it, the Holy Spirit was working in this despicable, greedy little man. I can't convey to you enough how hated tax collectors were. They were barred from the place of worship as unclean, they were literally treated socially like they had leprosy. It, it was, you couldn't get any worse than being a tax collector in Israel. Unless you were the chief of all the tax collectors. Like Zacchaeus was. Kent Hughes says taxes were collected at three places inland in Israel. Capernaum, Jericho, and Jerusalem. Zacchaeus controlled one of the big three, and I love this sentence. He was the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel and had the morality of a modern-day crack dealer. But what people didn't know about Zacchaeus was how empty he was in his heart. How miserable he was underneath all of what they saw and all of what they, headed, they hated. Because, you see, Jesus has this thing for sinners like me and like you. And Jesus is literally now coming down the street in Jericho, lined with sycamore fig trees that had been planted. It's almost like a parade is happening. There is a crowd gathering so much that Zacchaeus, being short, is going to be prevented from getting up close to Jesus. I'm sure he'd catch an elbow in his mouth as well if he tried to get past some of the citizens. Zacchaeus has a problem, doesn't he? And you learned in Sunday school he was a wee little man and he couldn't see over everybody and people weren't going to let him go to the front. Uh, scholars think that Zacchaeus was about four feet tall. If you want to get it in your head, just, just think Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci. All right, that's Zacchaeus. But something is happening inside of this man who had money but nothing else. And he does the unexpected. Just like we read all over the scriptures. Unexpected things happen when God the Spirit is at work in people that we would never guess that he would work in 
he shimmied up one of those sycamore fig trees. In his silken robes, there he is. What a spectacle of the richest guy in town, like a child, up in a tree. I mean, this would be like going to New York for the Macy's Parade and seeing Donald Trump up in a tree. And how they must have just scorned and laughed at Zacchaeus. The parade's coming. Zacchaeus is watching from the tree. And he's not quite sure that what he's seeing is actually what's happening because the parade route, if you will, is beginning to bend toward the tree. Off the street, toward the tree. And sure enough, Jesus is coming toward him. Everybody's having to move out of the way until Jesus literally stops right underneath the tree that Zacchaeus is in. And you know they're thinking, man, Zacchaeus is about to get it now. Finally, the tax collector is going to get his just desserts. The teacher with authority is about to give it to Zacchaeus in the tree. Jesus looks up to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' heart just is pumping. Zacchaeus can feel the eyes of everyone trained upon him. He sees the compassionate eyes of the Son of God on him. And and Jesus says in a loud voice, Zacchaeus, come down right now because I am coming to your house to be with you today. And there's a shock and awe. There's a gasp among this Jewish crowd and we read in verse 5 come down immediately i'm going to stay at your house verse 6 he came down at once and i love these words and he zacchaeus welcomed him gladly it's kind of a middle eastern thing where it's a very important to acknowledge that you want people to come over you 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 know you have this kind of burden of being a gracious host and there he is, the most hated guy in town, and he says, I welcome you. And the, the, the actual uh, Greek word here, when it says welcomed you gladly, means with great rejoicing. And Zacchaeus just takes off for his house, and he is going to prepare for the most joyful party that has ever taken place in the city of Jericho. But not everybody's happy when a grace party is thrown. Have you ever noticed that? What was the reaction of the people under the tree standing there with Jesus as Zacchaeus is gone? Indignation. Anger. He must not be the Messiah. He, he doesn't even know who this man is. And we read in verse 7, all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, you need to understand, in that culture, kind of like Southern culture, but even more so, eating with somebody was a symbol of of kind of acknowledging them. It was a symbol of friendship. There's kind of an intimacy that comes with bringing people into your dining room and, and eating with them. And that is why there's just outrage about Jesus going to the house of Zacchaeus. So, Jesus arrives at the palatial home, I'm sure, of Zacchaeus. He's welcomed gladly. And Jesus goes in. 
People on the outside can't believe it. He goes in there. I said to you on Christmas Eve, if you were here, that uh, there, are lots of, there are lots of phrases and names that, that folks use about Highlands. And uh, one of the, kind of one of the phrases that some of my pastor friends around town use about Highlands that I absolutely love is they call Highlands the PCA Island of Misfit Toys. Let me tell you why. You know, it is because this church, and it was like this before I came, this church has the ability to be willing to reach out to people who are broken. This church has the desire to reach out to people who've blown it with grace and love and truth. And, and I don't know that I've ever seen a group of people more willing not only to reach, but to embrace them. You know, one of the reasons we're having to build a building, don't you, is you people keep bringing those sinners home with y'all. Because we want them. Because Jesus wants them. Because this is what living the gospel out looks like. Jesus is the friend of sinners. That's who He is. That includes us. That includes all of our new friends. That includes the, the hearts that suddenly are rejoicing because of real forgiveness. In a world that gives very little. And let me tell you, it is meaningful. It is joyful to be a part of. It is fun. And sinners are in good company here. Because we have a very sturdy view of the fall of man and the reality of our actual sin that we take to an actual Jesus, who actually became man, born of a virgin, who actually lived the life we could not live, who actually died on a Roman cross. And when we bring our sin to Him, it is forgiven. Actually forgiven. When we come to Him for the first time, we are born into a new life that can never be taken away. That is something worth rejoicing over. That is something that is worth having a party about. Now there's uh, yet another phrase about our church that I'd like to share with you today. And we, talk, we use this a lot internally. We say, at Highlands, it's all about the party. I love that. You know why it's all about the party? Because that's what grateful people do. They rejoice. And grateful people enjoy the grace of God. Grateful people exult in God most high because of His grace. People who are not pretending, but who actually are forgiven, actually have much to celebrate. Grace is the party we don't want people to miss. Zacchaeus threw a party. That was the first thing he did as a born-again new believer. And oh, what a party it was. And he, you know what he did? He, he went and invited all his tax collector buddies and all his sinner buddies and just brought them because he wanted them 
to, to be with Jesus and to be up next to Jesus just like he was. And in the midst of this party of grace, in verse 8, we read these words. Right in the middle of it. Zacchaeus stood up. He's not being coerced. He, on his own, there's something happening out of the regeneration, out of the grace of God, out of a new life, something spiritual and powerful is just breaking out. And it's rejoicing and it's this. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. What is going on? Remember, this is the God, the tax collector. Whatever you get out of your own people that's above what the Romans want, you get to keep. And he is shaking money out of people for years and they hate him. What happened to him? He just gave half of his money to God. It's the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here and now, Lord, he says, I give half of everything I have. And if I have cheated anybody, and he had, out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount and Jesus said, and if you could just put delight in His words, today salvation has come to this house. By the way, what Zacchaeus paid back was exponentially more than the law required. The law required that you pay back the original sum that you cheated somebody out plus a fifth of its value. This is the transforming power. I will pay back four times, he says, the amount. I love the sentence that Jeff Newland gave me. He says, Generosity is the action of a new life freed from greed. Don't you like that? Generosity is the action of a new life freed from greed. Our text shows us that the joy of giving is the joy of salvation. And then Jesus ends by giving us kind of the punchline. And our calling. He says in verse 10, For the Son of Man came for this reason. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so must we. That is our calling. God wants us to reach, but not just reach. God wants us to embrace. God wants us to bring them home with us. To say, come and see if it is not true. We are not perfect and we have to apologize to one another. We have to repent all the time in this redeemed community. But come home with us. I love Luke 15, 7, where Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 self-righteous persons who do not think they need to repent. So I ask the question, what will keep us from continuing to have the ability to reach and embrace? A lack of space is no reason to change our vision statement from a redeemed community reaching out at the intersections of life and culture to a redeemed community no longer reaching out at the intersections of life and culture. Will we keep reaching? 
Will we keep embracing? That is the question. That is the call of God. That's what we've been about. And the vision of this campaign is simply for Highlands to keep being Highlands. About nine years ago, I was invited to an early morning party in Colorado Springs to my next door neighbor's house. Um, They had built their home. We'd gotten to know them. Their names were Dot and Cork. They did not know at that time, did not know the Lord. The reason I can tell you that is we had lots of conversations about the gospel that came out of a relationship that developed over three, four years. And we were invited, Gina and I were, to come over to kind of an early brunch. And I I can't remember what the occasion was. They were celebrating something. And so we went over to that that party and and we were astounded. You know, know, being a preacher, you just never know how this is going to go, right? And so when we walked in, you know, you're just kind of ready for maybe people are going to not talk to you. Uh, Maybe they're going to make a big deal out of you to kind of let everybody know you're here uh, so they can make a choice whether they want to talk to you. There's all kind of stuff. They grabbed me and Gina by the hands and they took us around to almost every guest and just with such pride and love said, this is our next door neighbor. We love them. He is the pastor, blah, 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 blah. And um, I will never forget this party because it wasn't like the parties that we attended. Um, The conversation was, shall we say, colorful. And at least colorful is the way to put it. And it was 8.30 in the morning, and I remember I was very thirsty. And of course, you know, there's going to be an egg casserole and all this stuff, and they were serving, and had this big pitcher of orange juice, and so they poured me a big thing of orange juice, and I just took a big gulp, and my throat was on fire because I was unaware that it was this much orange juice and that much vodka. I mean, it was, it was just a shocking moment, and, and after I kind of regained composure, you know, I did what you do. I, I kind of just held it for the rest of the morning and said, no, thank you. You don't need to top me off. <laughs> but a strange sensation came over me, and it was not the vodka. <laughs> and it was not the feeling of being in the wrong place. It was the feeling of being in exactly the right place. And that burn in my throat at that moment, you know what it felt like? It felt like ministry. And that colorful language, only for a moment, do you know what it sounded like? It sounded like the music of gospel opportunity. The detour that God had led me that morning was a place of ministry right in the center of God's will. About six months ago, really five, I heard that, I heard that Cork had died. And, and so I called Dot from my office upstairs. And we loved them so dearly. And, and when she heard my voice and knew it was me, she just cried. And we, I just told her how much we loved Cork and, and how much we loved her. And, and I got to love her again. 
And it was very special. And can I tell you something? I wish that she were here with us. I wish I could bring her home to be with you. To be at a place where grace is coming out of the pores of a group of people called his church. Highlands loves to reach. And we love to embrace. And this whole building campaign is about the fact that we no longer have room to bring people home to. Grace is the party we don't want people to miss. So let's make room for them. Let's make room for the people who need Christ and need a grace-oriented, love-oriented, truth-oriented body of Christ. Let's be able to keep saying this. At Highlands, it's still all about the party. Let's pray. Lord, would you do it? Would you do it? It's your calling. It's right out of your word. It's, it's who we've been. It's who we want to be. It's all for you. It's bigger than us. We do not have the ability. And therefore, we will give you all the glory. Would you move in our hearts that we might band together as one because we are. That we might joyfully participate in seeing space for this home raised up from the earth. Lord, we pray that you would build your church. We're only asking for space for you to build your church, the people. In Jesus' name, amen.